This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Welcome to Rob Ryan Red, a Wrexham FC podcast by Nathan Salt and Rich Faye, bringing you all the latest views, news and interviews from around the race course. Now, if you're new around here, make sure to subscribe. But enough of that. Let's get on with the show. Kreuzer, hello, welcome to the latest episode of Rob Ryan Red, the Wrexham AFC podcast, brought to you in association with Red 10 People Development. It might not seem like a busy week on paper, but there has been a lot of rumours and it looks like we're going to have a very busy week ahead. New signings, the new kit, fixtures out next Wednesday and of course we've said farewell to the firmest handshake in football with Lee Butler's departure from the club. Naif, it does feel like we've finally got through that sort of post-season hangover. There's excitement once again on the cards and yeah, the new season is getting ever closer. The players are back in training at the end of this week. It's getting exciting again. Yeah, it feels like we've navigated that that real low period where very little is happening or for other clubs a lot was happening but for us, I know you put a tweet out on at Rob Ryan Red. Uh, go follow us there if you don't know already. Parky saying, you know, don't just want to add for the sake of it. And as frustrating as it's been for us, that, that's important. We want to add good players. But yeah, it is exciting now. Players are coming back from their holidays. We've seen Aaron Hayden in Dubai. Jordan's been everywhere. New York. Uh, Cyprus, we've got to talk about the footwear, choice of footwear from Aaron Hayden. Aaron Hayden, the, the Crocs. I mean, they're popular for... In, in the graphic I put up on, um, on Twitter last week, it was Jordan Davis and the Crocs, Rich, if you remember. So... Maybe they're very, very popular around the training ground. I don't know. Um, but, you know, they've been all over. Oli Palmer's just got back from Portugal. So all the squad looked like they're well-rested. I think probably my favourite holiday of all was probably Bryce Hosanna's. That one looked in, in, in Greece. I know the Wi-Fi, as you said, it's not great. But it looked a lovely little trip in Mykonos, that one. So, yeah, the excitement's in the air. And I think once we get the fixtures, once we get that first signing, uh, you'll get onto who we think and everyone else thinks that will be. Uh, shortly, but once we get those fixtures out next week, I think it'll all feel very real. And and, and to be honest, Rich, it's right around the corner of the season now, and I, and I for one can't wait for it. No, like you said, I can't wait either. And it's just having those fixtures confirmed. You can start plan your weekends away, figure out where you're going to be going. 
who we're going to be facing on the first day of the season. It's so exciting. And, you know, from my personal point of view, I want a home match. And it won't just only be a home match, but it'll be a home match at the racecourse ground that Wrexham now officially own again for the first time since August 2011. Wrexham have completed their purchase of the freehold and are now officially owners of the Kairas once again. A real big landmark in the modern history of the club. Robin Ryan uh, released some quotes along with the press release that we were sent and they said, you know, this is a great day for both the club and ourselves and one of the things that we targeted from the very first day of our ownership. Day to day, this changes very little, but the symbolism of this moment is massively important step for the club going forward and they also passed on their well wishes to Glyndor University for looking after it in, you know, the 11 years that we weren't able to have it ourselves. But, you know, Nath, again, that's what, we do say so often on this podcast, the takeover isn't just about the players we've bought and the money that's coming to the club in terms of personnel. Yes, it's slick, it's shiny, it's got that Hollywood finish, we've got nice snazzy kits with TikTok on them. The new ones, we believe, are even nicer and will sell even more. We've got the star players. But it's what they've invested in the community, isn't it? And no matter how long Rob and Ryan are in charge of the club, we have now got the race course back. It's such a big moment isn't it for for them yeah I, I honestly do believe that obviously promotion would have been the aim when they come in but I do think regeneration of the stadium I think that was probably their number one pro or their number one number two priority I really do think that was that high on their on their list of what they wanted to get done they're moving forward now with the cop we've seen the designs from that from the architects you know they they, they quickly got to work in, in in sort of fixing up the Rex rent I don't know what that hasn't got a name now. We still call it the Rex Rent in in lieu of the the botched Lucas Oil fiasco. Um, you know they've quickly got to work on that. Uh, things are changing all the time. They're sort of restructuring the the Mold Road side a bit in, in terms of the hospitality. And we, earlier on in the podcast, didn't we? We spoke to people there that were frustrated about moving out from their seats. So the stadium, for what I, you know, is one that is changing at a rapid rate, and 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 they're looking to. Just give it a little bit more than a lick of paint, you know. So, yeah, it is a historic day and a momentous day, day to savor. That's what I put on 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 Twitter, a day to savor. And yeah, it, it means a lot because, like I say, big thanks to Glendor for sort of tiding us over in the interim and making sure that we had security that that the ground wasn't going to vanish in front of our eyes and against our wishes. So, yeah, I think this is a a major landmark both for us and and, and for the chairman. Yeah, and you know we mentioned there that the fixtures are out next Wednesday. We will be recording our podcast after they have dropped, so we'll be able to dissect them and see which matches we're looking forward to the most. Nath, you got any preference of of who you'd like to play on the opening day? I mean, it's that first sort of flurry of fixtures that are the most exciting, and I guess we can also tease that we do believe we we know Wrexham's two festive matches in that double header as well. Yeah, I think with with the double header, Rich, you've got a couple of options really you could have I guess you could have Altrincham in in terms of it's always someone in close proximity isn't it so I guess you could have Altrincham you could have Halifax we had before you could have Solihull Moors even I guess you could have you could have them or, or you could have Oldham and it's my understanding that I don't know home or away but it's my understanding that Wrexham and Oldham will be meeting in that double header it, it's slightly different with the festive fixtures usually there's some sort of agreement between the club obviously the fixtures are, are randomized and everything like that but usually there's some sort of agreement between the club 
And yeah, from my understanding, I I, I would I had assumed that it would be Altrincham Oldham, due to kind of in, increased policing costs. That was never really on the agenda. So it sounds like Wrexham v Oldham, whether that's Boundary Park if it's still called that, or the racecourse. I think that'd be good. Good doubleheader nearby Oldham. Just come down. I'd be interested to see. And look, they've got Liam Hogan now, who has no doubt horror memories of of coming to the racecourse after that three nil towards the end of the season so that's the only one I really know in terms of the fixtures what would I like I mean you'd love a home a home draw just pack it out we saw didn't we that was it over 6,800 season tickets sold I mean that's remarkable definitely I think it's around that figure um and so opening day who would I like I just I think, want a home I game so. I just yeah, want a home game I don't I'm care think, who it is to be honest I'd like I mean, someone to yeah, I'd like someone to bring a, a decent following as well though you know what I mean? Well, I think I'd, also I'd... home day, what was it? We had Dover away, didn't we, a couple of seasons back. And yeah. it's almost good as well because you've got that, that hype and the new excitement. Sometimes it's good to get a gritty game out of the way early yeah, on. that's true. Um, you could even say that it's sometimes useful to play a promotion rival early on because, you know, last season we played Solihull on the first day. I wasn't expecting them to be as good as they were, obviously, when we met them. But it was a good chance to maybe catch them off guard a little bit. So... I'd love Notts County at home on the opening day because I think get a bit of retribution. I know we played them in our first home game last season on the telly. Um, you just know that would get moved for TV as well, that one. But I just think they've sort of crept up on people's radars in terms of being promotion favourites purely because they've signed a good chunk of players. Well, purely a lot they've of signed players. I mean, they've signed players, but, but a lot of them from the league below as well and, and who knows how they'll pan out. But I think they would bring a, a big crowd on a Saturday, sun shining, that that'll be a belting game, I think. Yeah, it's gonna be exciting, but all I know is we're gonna be playing everyone twice. And I guess for some <laughs> fans that's yeah. all that matters. It doesn't you know, it can get boiled down too much to who you play when and the fact of the matter is Wrexham will have to play everyone home and away and hopefully by the end of it we sit top of the table and hopefully we'll have our own new signings to show off as well in that opening match and mm. it sounds like the first deal of the summer is imminent as well. We understand that Jordan Tunnicliffe is the most likely arrival at Wrexham this week and there's also murmurings that Tom Lowry of Crew, uh well formerly of Crew, um is another player who Phil Parkinson is a big fan of and as you said earlier Nath, Parky came out last week and said that we're going for quality over quantity this summer. It's about picking the right players and there's lots of players who have already moved in this league who fans are gonna be a bit irate. Why weren't we in for them? The fact is we weren't really in for anyone. Um mm as of the stage and yeah it does seem like we're just sort of cherry picking the best talent uh, it's always going to be difficult isn't it to appease fans because there's always going to be calls for change after missing out on promotion but I guess from the other point of view it's refreshing that Parky is being so level-headed yeah Tony Cliff is a fascinating one because you know in the League Two team of the year along with then at Cambridge Paul Mullin 2020-2021 um, clearly got credentials, got pedigree, but then you know, then you look at, at someone like Sean Brisley. I mean, what's happened to Sean Brisley? And I, I said this to you off the microphone, um, and friend of the pod, James Kelly, as well about you know, Tonicless arrival. What would that mean in terms of that back line? You know, Harry Lennon was playing great when he was fit, and it, you know, if he can build up his fitness, is he a starter? Max has got a lot of games under his belt now. Ben Tozer, you'd expect to play every game if fit. Aaron Hayden, the same. You know, Tyler French, you think would, would drop down the order now. 
Brisley, if he's still there, is going to be down the order. Tonicliffe would expect to play games. It's a, it, it, it's the depth we need. I would say because, like you, you said before, in 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 terms of the, in, in previous podcasts, you know, once Hayden stepped out of the team, I just think at both ends we lost a massive presence, didn't we? That that was inescapable. Um, just by the way we leaked goals at the end, but it's it, it'd be a, sel- a selection headache there for Parky for sure. It's it's a lot of centre backs that that have proven themselves at football league or, or, you know, have, have really shone, I think in a team that, that, that came second. So yeah, I think Tony Cliff looks like a real, real, real good, smart piece of business on a free transfer. Yeah. And the other player that we forgot about in our group chat, Tyler French, obviously staying at the club mm-hmm. as well. So it's interesting because when you look at the back, the back three, you do see it as a pool of players. And we were debating this ourselves, weren't we? Does Max now drop to fifth, maybe even sixth choice, which seems surely not crazy, but you almost have to look at it position by position. And for me, it's left centre-back, Lennon and Max. Centre-half, it's Tozer and Tunnicliffe. And then it's Hayden and French, for me, on the right centre-back role. So I do think that there's obviously going to be lots of chopping and changing. It's a massive fixture schedule to get through. You're not going to be playing your strongest team every single match, are you? So that everyone's going to get their chance. And I think you've just got to have that depth. And that's what saw us fall short last season you know I, I said it before that for me when Leighton and Hayden weren't playing that was like when Liverpool were without Allison and Van Dijk you know they are just two talisman for us and we just need to be able to have that that depth and quality which hopefully is, is what we're looking to address you know this summer hopefully we can get someone else in up front who's a proven goal scorer a bit of flexibility in midfield maybe a winger like we said maybe another fullback the goalkeeper situation itself is a really yeah. interesting one I I do think you need to get someone else who's really good in because you've obviously lost Camp and you lost Polish Dave, so you need a third anyway. And for me, you just need to get someone who's a starter. You need to be ruthless. But it's going to be really interesting to see how that all develops. And as always, we will be on top of it all on Rob Ryan Red. So follow us on Twitter. You can get involved, robryanred at gmail.com. And of course, the Instagram as well, which is up and running now. It's the same, Rob Ryan Red. <laughs> Nath, the reason we're doing today's podcast mm. isn't just to talk about the latest Wrexham news, it's to continue our fantastic, fascinating interview with the remarkable Manny Smith. Part one was released a couple of weeks ago now, so if you haven't listened to that one, we urge you to go back and, and listen to that. And we left you at the point where Manny Smith was preparing to play his final game for Wrexham. Yeah, and, and, and little did he know um, that day, uh, he gets into it and, and it's a really... But potentially one of the proudest ones I, I'm I'm happy to put out because I really think this will this will make a difference for if it's one person then it's totally worth it if it's lots of people even better but you know he talks about how it, things just didn't sit right that day at Solihull something fell off and and you know then it, it goes on and 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 he has that horrendous injury we've seen the footage now you, you've heard. Uh, the the Mark Griffiths commentary over the top and it is just agonising to watch. Um, you know, goes up for a header and just comes down and it just doesn't look right at all. Um, and he goes on to get into some really, really tough and candid issues. You know, we're sat there at Birmingham 
no more than a few feet away from each other. And he's talking about, um, you know, going to a psychiatric facility in, in, uh, in France where they moved after, after he retired, you know, having issues in his marriage, scared about what he would do due to his anger issues and, and everything like that. And, and getting to the brink where he didn't feel like there was a way out for him. And I know that there are a lot of people who do great work with mental health. And we've had a lot of messages, Rich, actually, um, because the last few podcasts, we had Manny Smith part one, you know, Cam Green spoke pretty openly about his mental health, how he cried at Marine. And it's really important to just keep that conversation going. And I know that this will be out on Thursday. I don't know when you're listening to this, but this is out on a Thursday, our episodes. And Dragon Chat is an amazing resource. I cannot recommend those guys enough. Dragon Chat every Thursday night, I believe, um, you know, affiliated with the club. Go on there and, and, and they will listen and you can speak and you don't have to speak if you want. But that's a great resource if you are having problems or you just you just want some advice or you just want to sort of chat things through with, with like-minded people in similar situations. Andy's Man Club is another great resource across England and Wales. There is a branch of that in Wrexham. And what I will say, just because of the nature of what he talks about midway through the podcast, uh, if you do uh, share any experience of what Manny's gone through or you want to speak to uh, someone anonymously, you can call Samaritans um, anytime on the number 116-123. And that's a free call to make, so you can call Samaritans 116-123. But if you ever want to speak to myself or Rich, do get in touch at Rob Ryan Red on Twitter, at Rob Ryan Red on Instagram, Rob Ryan Red at gmail.com. And I can't even say enjoy the episode, but do sit back uh buckle up because this is a really really emotional listen but this is as we've had Manny Smith the player this is Manny Smith the man so then it gets to that August day which you know is, is is kind of the start of, of your video that a lot of people have now seen over thirty thousand odd have seen that now. Mm. Um, did that did that day feel off going to that Solihull yeah, game? Yeah, my preparation was off. How, how so? I, I, how was I, I always off? I always know what sort of game I'm going to have for say. Cause I always do the same things when I get in the changing room. I always put my kit on the same. I always do everything the same. But and how is that? How how, how would you normally do that? What would you normally do? <laughs> I was going, I know where I'm sitting. Right. Uh, my phone's already already off. Uh, flick through the magazine, eat a few sweets, have a, a full bottle of water, and then I'll end up getting my kit on normally. Start with my shorts, right foot, well, right sock, left sock, uh, shin pads, right boot, left boot, and then top. Like it never changes. But then for that game, because people were coming, I was on my phone, I was trying to sort out tickets, and they kept messaging me. But I had to sort out, I had to sort it out because everyone was, I don't know, no one knew what I was doing, so I kept messaging, messaging, messaging. And then I never had, uh, I don't know, it, it just fell off. And then even putting my kit on, I couldn't find my shin pads. So I had, I had different shin pads. And then it just, I just felt like, 
something's gonna happen. You think something's gonna happen, you know something's gonna happen. That's that's the way I felt. I if all my preparation was off, even the warm up, I didn't feel right in the warm up. Had you ever... I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't know what I just didn't know what, but I just knew it was off. Had you felt like that before, or, or did it really feel alien, like but, in that game? When I've had bad games, yeah. Yeah. Like I, I feel like I'm going to have a bad game because all my preparation's off and I'm not switched on, I'm not sharp, and you could tell when in like in the warm up, like everything was far off, and I thought, you know what, I'm, I'm gearing up for a bad game here. I need to really sort myself out. But then I didn't start the game bad. It was under a bit of pressure, so it was it was going all right. Uh, then obviously you, you you go up for the header, which you you've done a, a million times yeah. for Wrexham. Um, and, and you land and, and you know fast forward until we know it's a, a grade 3 MCL and a kind of bone bruise that's it, isn't I, it? I didn't think it was I didn't think it was wait, wait, in that moment yeah. did, did you just think I, know I, did, I, knew, I didn't know what I'd done I knew I'd done something I knew mm. I, I didn't know what I'd done but I knew I'd done something did it feel bad though yeah because yeah. I felt when I, obviously I, once I went went up one header and then I felt like I should have landed but then I didn't and then I landed then like a second after, and then that's where obviously it's an awkward landing. Mm. But then I knew I'd done something, but I didn't know what I'd done. But then obviously going into the the physio room with my physio, he'd done all the normal checks and was like, Yeah, MCL's all right, ACL's all right, just jarred it. And next time, obviously, it blew up, and then obviously, I had to scan. He's like, well, Actually, you got a grade for MCL here. And I was thinking, Fucking hell, that's the last thing I needed. Yeah. But uh, this time, you know, on the, on the pitch, it was, a, it was a really long stoppage, and I remember. Pretty sure I was there. Just there was like a couple, an eerie atmosphere. It was like a really scary. It was a long yeah. stoppage. At, did you feel like you just couldn't? You know, players were coming over to you. Did, was it, it dawning it, on you how, how bad it was or, or not? Look, I was in a lot of pain. Yeah, I was in a lot of lot of pain. And then obviously I stood up and I was walking. I was thinking, what 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 could this be? Because I've obviously I've never not I've never done that before. And then I was walking. I was thinking, no, nah, I can't. I'll, Give me like 10 minutes to see if you can shake this off. But then that was it. I thought, no, I can't play. And he's like, no, no, you've got to come off. You've got to not be your knee. But then I knew that my girls were at the game as well. I knew my girls were at the game. I knew that I had friends at the game. And I just didn't want them to really worry. Like, I wasn't going to go off on a stretcher. Definitely wasn't going to go off on a stretcher. Was that in your mind yeah. because of that? Yeah, I was thinking, don't go, don't go off on a stretcher. No, I could walk off. I'll lift for need to, but I want to go off on the stretcher. You, you go off, you did, confirmed it's the MCL. Who, who was the physio then? Was it Phil? Phil Davis, yeah. Phil Davis, yeah. yeah. And, and I think it's fair to say, you know, over the time, he, he was a, not just a physio, I think he was a, probably a friend that got yeah, confided in. Still is, yeah. He's a, good, he's a good friend of mine. I still speak to him now, every, mostly every day. I speak to Phil. Yeah, I still speak to him. Speak to him speak to, still speak to him now, yeah. I think at that time, obviously everything was going say normal with the rehab uh, yeah it was going it felt like it was going normal yeah you know you ended up at, was it five operations in yeah, you felt every, like you were barely out, felt like you were barely out of the hospital for, every, for every month yeah because if you remember I came back and played in the December didn't I that's it against I want to say Eastleigh maybe it never, yeah, oh, yeah. I was on the bench a few times and yeah. then I played again in the December at home to Eastleigh yeah and then I played the first half, fine, no problems at all. But then when I come back out for the second half, I feel like a pain in my knee. And then I finished the game off, I think we won. 
Yeah, we did win. Finished the game off, and then it was a Sunday. I woke up on a Sunday, and then I couldn't walk. Like my knee was swollen, couldn't walk, and then just didn't know what it was. And it was just those conversations, going to doctors, seeing what it was, getting us draining the swelling out. Um, but then no one really knew, say what it was or what to do. No. Had it, had it got infected? Was it, was no, it like la- no later, later on it did. Yeah. I think no one knew what was wrong with my knee because then I went to, obviously I was doing with Phil and then I went to Dr Howell, I think his name was, and I was going to different physios and hospitals in uh, Wrexham and then it comes to a point where they're saying, we don't know what it, what's going on with your knee. But then I found out, obviously doing my MCR, like my... my I don't know how to semi-explain it. It's, mm. When you bend your knee, you get you make like a groove in your, behind your kneecap. Yeah. And then mine shifted a bit to like the left or the right. So it's making a new groove and rubbing behind my kneecap. So right. it was making a new groove. So that's what it kept, it kept, say, swelling up, basically. So that's what it was doing. And then I seen a physio in Watford, because uh, obviously Troy was at Watford then. And I said, I want to go down and see their physios because no one really knows what's going on. And the club said, well, yeah, go down and see them. Doctors in London, so I seen them. And then I just do loads and loads of strengthening with my quads. But then I had to have an, uh, an operation so they could, like, you know, scrape, scrape my kneecap out, basically, and so it's easy for me to get that groove. But then when you... Even that, even that was weird because when he was speaking me through what he's going to do, he was like, talk, talk me through it and he said, uh, infection, you've got like a one in a million chance of it getting infected. I said, I'm, I'm that one. And I was. Yeah. But no one knew because he kept, after like the first op, I was, all, I was okay and I was walking around, doing a little bit of exercise and then bang, it would swell up. And then there was no talk about an infection at all, I, was, I got it drained and it was fine. And I'd walk around, walk around, do a little bit of exercise. But as soon as I put like more, more weight through it, bang, it would swell up. And then obviously found that it was obviously infected. So I'll get, I'll get it flushed out beyond uh, crutches for like two weeks. Um, start like weight bearing and then bang, swell up again. Like as soon as I do any sort of exercise and say, no, the infection's still there. Got to uh, get, have another rock to flush it all out. So I've done that five times. But I asked him, I said, how many times am I going to have to keep doing this? Because I lost loads and loads of weight as well. And then, then I started to say, you need to start putting weight on your leg because your bones are getting soft around your knee. And I was like, well, how can I do that if I keep having operations and I'm not allowed to put weight from my leg? It's just like they're saying, no, but you need to do it. You need to start eating meat as well. You need to start eating everything. So that's what I started to do, started to in, introduce meat back into my diet, loads of, not junk, but loads of foods. Mm. And then he said it could take up to 20 operations before it goes, it goes away. And then, obviously I had five, but then after every operation, they'll give me like a stronger, a stronger pill to take. So I have my operation, they'll give me a pill and say, use this for the next couple of weeks to make sure the infection goes, but nothing they kept giving me was, say, strong enough. So in the end, after my last um, my last operation, 
I had to go to the hospital and have uh, my medication for a drip. So I had to have that, say, twice a day. If I had to go to the hospital, get a drip, and that was my medication to get it all the way. But then even that, that was turning my... I don't know how... Well, it was very strong because it was turning my fingernails yellow, it was turning my teeth yellow, and it was, it was taking them away out, out of me as well. I was, like, I was getting really skinny, and my leg compared to the other one, like two different legs, it was unused for so long. What, what and then, uh, then that, they said, well, I can't, we can't keep giving you this, like, we need to take you off it. So we need to see what's going to happen with your knee. You might have to have another flush out. But then since then, touch wood, I've had, I've had nothing, thank you. That's it, nothing. What kind of impact did that have on you as a dad, though? Because you've got, you had two young girls that you don't yeah. want them, you didn't want to go off on a stretcher because you didn't no. want them to see you... Vulnerable like that, yeah. worry about you, and, and now you're talking about your fingernails going yellow, your teeth going yellow, your leg is much thinner than yeah. the, the other one. I mean, w- did you let them see you, or I don't know, did you just sort of have to separate yourself a bit? Um, well, I was, well, I was definitely obviously had the operations I had to go down to London to have them, and I had to stay there for uh, two days after my off, but then I could go back. So I was back home, but I was on crutches, I had to have my crutches everywhere. But I, I, when I'm at home, you have to keep. I have to keep my leg uh, raised, so I couldn't really do anything. Couldn't really do much. I'd walk around the house on my crutches, try and go to the park on my crutches. But then, any opportunity, I'd sit down and get my leg up. So I couldn't interact with the the kids like like they did, like more well, like I wanted to. And then, but I didn't want to stop them doing what they wanted to do either, because there was a few times where they were going to Cornwall, they were there for the weekend, and said. But I said, no, I'm not going. I didn't want to go. But then I think sometimes they seen it as, oh, he doesn't want to be around us. But it's things like, no, I don't want to slow you down. Mm. Like, I don't want you in Cornwall thinking about me. Like, there'll be things that you want to go on rides and that, whatnot. And I don't want you not to go on them because I can't go on them. Or ask me to go on them. And I'm not being able to do it. Yeah. So just try and... You have your time and then I'm not doing... I can't do much anyway, I'm here. Just, you already said about, you know, your wife's incredibly special to you and is an amazing person. And I was reading up on you like any good uh, person would. Um, and, you know, you said before about she was big on law of attraction and writing down your goals and visualising your goals. Do you think you were ready to get injured at that moment you did at Solihull? Or do you think you, no, you were ill-prepared to get injured no, then? No, 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 not at all, because I'm... Obviously, I got off the contract, but I wasn't. I didn't think. You know, well, it wasn't what I wanted. It wasn't what I wanted, and it wasn't what I thought I'd get. But I wasn't being unrealistic with what I wanted. I thought I deserved it, so that's why I started doing all that, say, law attraction stuff that time. And I thought I'm not going to sign it because I know started to know my own value a little bit. There, I thought no, I'm not doing it because that's it. But then as soon as I get injured, I think. Oh, <laughs> can I sign that again, please? Can I sign that? But then, even when I got injured, when I got when that happened, I just thought, oh, I know you, I know the game. Obviously, we're not going to speak about contracts now until I get fit. So then I wrote down that I wanted to be available to play on my uh, birthday weekend. And then you can ask Phil as well when you speak to Phil. Like I was doing everything I can just to get right. I wasn't rushing. Um, I was making sure it was it was it was really correct, and then 
I was available that week. I never played, but I was available. I trained. I trained the week before, and I was available to play. But I wanted. I don't think I was in the squad, or I could have been in the no. on the. I'm not not too sure, but I was close. It could have been the week after I was on the bench. But you know the other, the other goals you had on there, uh, Audi A five. I got an A four. You got an A four, didn't you? Yeah. Always like always like Audis. I don't know. I'd, yeah, I'm an Audi over a Merc, Audi over a BM, and. Nice. No, I'm just not interested in cars. Right. Nothing really. Uh, no, 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 I'm not really. Cars, cars don't really do it for me. I'm not really. Uh, no, that's that's not for me. But I had, I had a few things on there, and I got I got what I written down and what what I worked for really. Even even the uh, the deal that I wanted. Like I was desperate for a two year. I didn't think I deserved the one year, but obviously when you hit 30, they say one year, one year, that, they say that, but I didn't, I, I thought I didn't deserve a, a one year, especially when I know you can not afford two years, but you're handing out two years around me. He gets a two year, he gets two year. Why should I get a one when you've told me how great I've been? Yeah, you give my centre-half body a two year, but then I get a one. It just makes me feel a bit like, why the 30, 30 plus shouldn't really come into that because apart from that injury I was never injured but then that's why I expressed to Spencer that I went and seen him well before that I, I speak to my agent and my agent was no no one year one year not moving not budging not budging that's it just sign it um, sign it play your games and we'll see what happens next what not and I said no I'm going to see myself because that's how confident I was at the time and so really really confident I was and who's, who's going to represent me better than me I can't I can't all agents are different but I should have done more on my deals myself uh, but this one was very important to me obviously it turned out to be uh, important to me but because I didn't think obviously, obviously after after the injury and then getting to play I was playing the next game obviously against Eastleigh I didn't think about no no injuries then. I trained well, no no pain, flying the challenges. That's it. I'm back now. And I spoke to uh, Spencer. I said I wanted I, I wanted to yeah. like I don't deserve a one. And listed the reasons why I think I deserve a two. And then he just said I'll get, I'm gonna have to get back to you. What was he like in that? It was, in that it was good. He's always been Spencer's always been good to me. Mm. He's he's always been good. Like he's a. Everyone's got different opinions of him, but I've always, I've always got on with Spencer. I feel, I feel like I can approach him. We've got different like opinions of a yeah. lot of other people. That Rex is, like, is. I feel like Rex's divine. He's been good. Them. Like I know loads of people used to give him abuse and whatnot, but he's never hid from it, has he? Mm. Did, did Did you say it straight to Dean? Because it's someone you've known for a while. Did you say to him, look? No, he wasn't the manager. Uh, no, sorry, Dean. Um, who was it then? Sam Ricketts. Sam Ricketts was the manager. What, I mean, did you not? Did you not feel like you should say to, to Sam, look? You know, what is happening here? Why, why is... Or, or did you just do it via Spencer? Because he was the kind of... The board's, you know, kind of go-to board but member. No, I, I, thought, I felt like there was no point in me going to the gaffer for them to go to Spencer for them right. to go to someone else. So I might as well just go straight Got to Spencer. Yeah. Yeah. I might as well go... It wasn't like me disrespecting the gaffer. Because uh, I liked him, I liked Sam Ricketts. And when I got injured, to go back to that, when I got injured, he, uh, sorry, because nothing's... Uh, 
Nothing's going to change, like the deal's still on the table. Did you start therapy soon after that or were you already when, when did that when did you kind of realize that maybe you wanted a therapist and you wanted someone to chat to i'd seen on social media that maybe the december 2020 when did that come uh, about when i was doing uh all, all my rehab with phil i think i was after after the operations i think it could have been mm. yeah like Oh, he, Phil got loads of he Phil got everything like I'd ring Phil and moan moan about about everything he'd be like oh how's your knee feeling or I'd be like well it's swollen and I can't move well, how do you think it's feeling and he'd just like Manny let's have a rest we're going to go and see this tomorrow but you know what Phil was so good like he, even when I had to go down to London he came with me he would travel to every every appointment with me and then he even like slept on the hospital floor like he didn't have to but he stopped and slept on the hospital floor with me and then we had a KFC what do you what's your KFC order I just said all the loads of chicken that's it everything everything everything. but that, that, that's the way Phil is like Phil's another another giver like he didn't have to do that it's not he's got 30 other lads to think about but then he's, he's travelled with me stayed with me from operation I think he actually seen the operation as well he got invited in to see it and then it was there when I woke up and then he said, oh, I'm going to stay the night with you. And then he managed to obviously get a little, a little pull out of bed, but I slept on the floor, hospital floor. Like, I can't speak any highly of him, but he's in every same emotion that I went through. And it was difficult for him, but then there's some things that were really difficult for me. Like, uh, it's hard to put my, say, pressures onto other people. Like, you don't want to do it. You don't know, say how to do it. It's a bit. It's difficult. Did you, you know, did did your relationship with your wife in any way become difficult just because you're so frustrated at being out in the game, or was she just great with you at that time? Uh, she was kind of. She well, she she's she always been on my case. She's always, she always been on my case. Um, just because it's, really... di- it's difficult, isn't it? Because it was it was just a thing like. Get injured, told you so. Yeah. Told you so. What are you going to ask football? You're going to football. And I'm just like, just relax. I'm, I can play until I'm 40. So there's no time to think about that yet. Like, everything I'm doing is, I'm trying, trying to get fit, trying to get back right. Trying to, trying to fix my knee, trying to be, trying to be, trying to do what I've always done. That's what, what sort of, that's where my focus was, if you know what I mean. But then she was, she's always supportive. Always been supportive. And, you know, let's give her some credit. She's built up a, an amazing business for herself and, and, you know, was looking after the kids while you were kind of... Your knee was the size of a, a planet, yeah. probably. Yeah. Um, how does the move to, to France come about? Was, was that a random decision? Was that just, uh, uh, you know, what what drew you there and, and how did that play out? How did that come about? I don't think it was too random. Like, I, I, thought, I thought about retiring... I thought, you know what, I haven't played for so long and if I was to get injured again, then could I go through that whole process again? And I didn't want to do it because I've just got to the stage now where I'm running 
I'm taking the girls out and I've got a bit of freedom because I was home quite a lot then as well during um, my rehab. And I thought, you know what, I can get, say, used to this, if you know what I mean. I've missed out on quite a few things. It's nice to be here for, for this. It's nice to do that. It's nice to do this. And then the doctor obviously told me, he said, if I was you, I wouldn't, I wouldn't risk it again, if you know what I mean. Like you've got grounds to retire for injury, and I would consider it. So then obviously I spoke to obviously my wife about it. And then I thought, whatever we've got to do, we've got to do it, do it now. Like whether we could change house and get one last big mortgage or, or do that. But I did, I started, oh, both of us, we felt like we needed, needed a change. And then we just was looking for houses and then for a, France, a French house popped up. And it was a random price. It was so, it was random. And then we started looking into it more and then phoning the agency saying, is what's with these prices? What's the catch? Is this half the price or is this a house share? Like what, what's the catch? And I was like, no, this is the price. It's like, well, all these houses are rural and people in France tend to not like rural houses. They want to be in the city and Whereas people from different countries, obviously, if you get like a nice, nice house, big plot of land, like you'd, you'd go for it. Hey. So then we went over there, went over there, and had a, had a few house viewings. And then it, it's completely different. You have to. It's one of the ones you have to be over there to spend time over there, then to really, really see what I mean and feel what I mean. But then we just thought about. How's this going to benefit uh, the girls? And they would instantly learn another language, which is going to be good for them. And then they could even pick up another language. And my missus could, uh, could run her business from over there. And then I didn't have to, I didn't have to not much stress, but I didn't have to rush into anything. I could have time off. But there's more positives than than negatives. Yeah, 100% more positives. So you, you make the move. Great. Some great videos of, uh, you know, your wife filming your girl speaking French. Uh, yeah. I don't know how much you managed to pick up over there. Probably uh, the, odd, the odd word. I've got, sure. got, got a little bit. Of you a little bit. That's that. good. That's yeah, good. That's good. Um, well, they, they seem to pick it up, like I say, like a sponge. I, I feel like I saw pictures of you j just doing odd jobs over there. House maintenance, you had the hard hat and... Have you always been quite yeah. handy? I don't know. I think I have. No, no. But then, it's strange because obviously we've got the property, but attached to the property is um, like a barn. It used to be like a cow shed. Right. But I always wanted my own project. So we thought if we buy somewhere, that we can have our own little uh, project as well. So the place that we seen was, it was perfect. It's perfect for us. I think it's just an empty barn that everything needed like redoing so uh, I, met a, I met a guy over there that's been there for 19, 19 years uh, a guy called Dean a brilliant brilliant guy still speak to him as well and he, he was a builder basically and he been building for his whole life and I told him what I wanted to do with the barn and he was like I've been doing building for over 30 years like I'm gonna give, I'll give you some tips but I'm, I'm not helping you because I've I've come over here to, to chill out. 
like I'm not doing it, I'm not getting into it. Same with same as you with football, like you've done football your whole life, you don't want to come here and then start doing football again. So he started giving me like tips and showing me what to do. He said, I'll show you once or twice, I'll show you what to do, but then once you've done it, come back to me and I'll show you what to do next. So then he showed me everything and I was getting into the swing of it and then before you know it, it's got a, an extra, well, like a, a one bed with a kitchen downstairs. Nice. Bathroom, everything. It's like, I'll say it's about 90% done now. Right. Like, uh, but, yeah. You know, kind of, maybe we'll get back to yeah. the property, but, you know, it, it seems like, it seems on the face of it, you move over there, it's really positive. Loads of positives. Yeah. France is a good new change. Your wife's still running the business. Kids are learning the language in school, fitted in. You're able to relax and, and carry on with your project. Yeah. But then it seems to change. Yeah. Uh, Midway through that year, or, or yeah. so midway. So about midway, yeah. Midway. What what changed there for you? Probably, probably my thinking. Thinking next five years, where do I see myself? I couldn't answer it. So I used to break it down. Next two years, where do I see myself? And there wasn't really nothing I was going after. Because I don't. I don't feel like I need much. Everything uh, I've got is is there. I do things for the uh, the girls. Make sure that make sure that they're okay and there's always something for them. But then it was just it was just strange for me. Like I didn't I stopped enjoying what I was doing there. It started to become a chore. So from where I was doing say twelve hour days fixing up um my property. It started to go down to, say, four. And I was thinking, oh, I can't, I can't be bothered to do that now. I can't bother to do this. And then, it's, everything started it start becoming fun. Yeah. Do, you know, it, it, it stopped becoming fun. Did you... Well, you know, I'm saying, yeah, probably fun is the wrong word. Right. It, it, it's just... Came more I mature, yeah, it's just like more what, what, the fact like well, what am I doing? Like, okay, I'm doing this helping someone do this property, that property, that property. Do I see myself doing this for the next 30, 40 years? No, because I, I was only doing it for say just a not past time, but I enjoyed it. But it's not I don't wanna create have my own business in it or whatnot. Like I didn't have a a reason behind why I was doing it. did you feel like at that point and you know this is not to the same experience but did you feel like you were having more bad days than good at that point just with your own mental health at that point or was that not really on on the radar at that point mm. I wouldn't say bad I wouldn't say bad days are good I was wasting days that's what I felt like I was doing I felt like I was wasting days if you say what you've done today nothing just chilled I had a bike ride a little fire. And a little, few hours doing some renovation, touching up the walls a bit. But no, nah, never really. That was it. So I was having what I felt like I was wasting days. You know, well, fast forward to, you know, I'm thinking now about the the video you put on of your mum watching the video you put out, mm -hmm. which is you know, um, in incredibly. Emotion, yeah, there's another way to say it, incredibly emotional. And, mm. and I was uh, very 
um, like like a lot of people are very choked up when when you get to the point talking about December twenty twenty, where you you write letters um, yeah. f- for your family and for your daughters. How painful? I mean, it's an obvious question, but do, can you remember that? That that period that day yeah. like, and why 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 that why that day why did you feel like you that people were better off without you kind of thing? Because it's probably the couple of weeks before that where I didn't feel in control of me. I had really bad anger issues, and I would go into say the uh, bar next door where of um, where we built up, and I punch every wall for it. And I'll just be like, okay after. I'll just be fine. But then there was a day there, there was a day where I don't know, I just, I was just blowing hot and cold, hot and cold, hot and cold. I had really bad anger issues. And then there was one day where, I think uh, I was just, I was just normal chilling. I was, I was just very, very snappy. I was kept being very, very snappy. And then. I just walked out, went into the barn, and I was, I, everything got it, like everything. And I was thinking, you know what? I felt out of control, like really, really out of control. And then I had, say, obviously not to that December, I had a few moments like that, where it weren't just like buildings. It, it was, I was just throwing things around in the garage and I just felt not, like I wouldn't hit, hit my missus or kids. Sure, sure. But then it got to where I thought, what about if it does get to that stage? And I didn't want it to get to that stage because my arguments with my, my wife, it weren't me. Like I've, we've gone from never arguing to me arguing every single day over, and it felt like I was destroying everything. And then we had a we had one massive big argument and. I felt like I was I was out of control and I felt like I was gonna do things that were gonna have a big effect on everything. But I didn't, I didn't know when but how's when's this gonna stop or how does it stop? So I thought, you know what, I need to I need to take myself out of the situation. Like they can't be happy with me. Yeah, I had weird thinking. Like, my thinking was... I'm thinking, what am I doing? Like, I'm not actually doing anything. Like, I don't feel appreciated with anyone. No one really misses me. I'm not gonna... Like, no one's gonna stop for me. No one has. I, I didn't, won't really speak to my friends as much. I won't really speak to my mum. Um, my or dad or brothers or whatnot. I was just shut off from everyone. But I think I, I think I done that. I, I, I had my part to play in that as well. On that day, though, you know what I mean? Because, you know, thankfully, touch wood, it, you know, it's never come to that yeah. for 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 me. But I remember very quickly. I know I never said this on the podcast. I remember, I was with some colleagues. You know, living and working in down south, and I was with some colleagues, and I um, cried in a in a in a pub 
with some of my colleagues that I hadn't worked with that long. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't, I don't, you know, don't admit it's about me, but I, um, I, couldn't, um, st- I, I couldn't stop myself. I felt um, hel- helpless in that. You know, I, I, I wasn't finding any enjoyment in anything. And the, the dam burst. And for me, that was as kind of, that was where yeah. it went for me. Obviously, for you, it gets to that day in December, that night. Yeah. Was there anything about that day where you, you decided, you just thought, I, it has to be today, or it has to... It was after, it was after the last argument, yeah. It was after the last argument I, I had with her. And I thought, there's a pattern here. Yeah. Everything's escalating. Like, what's the next step next after this? I could feel like she didn't feel safe around me. Yeah. The kids were, the kids were fine. The kids were fine, but you never know with kids. They could pick up on different energies and could pick up on certain things. They could pick up when I'm in the room and then the mum would leave the room or the mum's there and I'm not there. So probably subconsciously, they're picking up on things like this. But I knew she never, she didn't feel safe with me there. And how did how'd you, how'd you end that? Like, yeah, yeah, you can't. So I thought, you know what? I just made the decision. Yeah. It, it must be, and I, you know, I'm no parent, but it must be the most agonising and profound thing to write a letter which would go to your child after you've gone. You know, that, that, that must be... That must have been heartbreaking for you to, for you to write that. Or, or did, you just, did it feel like an out-of-body experience at that point, really? Because you just didn't feel... I don't know, I, I can't imagine any, it being, like, being able felt, to write that. It felt, it felt like a release at the time. Right. It, felt, it felt like a, a release to me. Like, I'm not showing you the way I should love you, I felt at the time. But then you might, you might feel it in a few years' time. Like, I'm not being the person that I should be, or the person that I feel I should be, or... I felt like I wasn't being given no value to anyone. Like, it felt like if I was to, to turn my phone off and go and hide for two or three days, I'd come back and then everyone would go, oh, I didn't, didn't know you went out. Or I'd turn my phone on, I'd have no missed calls, no messages, nothing. So it felt like, what is, what is the point? Maybe if I'm not here, then people would start to see the value that I did bring or people speak about me in a way that I thought I deserved or people would just value each other each each other a bit better like that was my, that was my that was my thinking yeah. behind it you obviously you're, you're still here to tell the story thankfully and you end up in hospital in the video that you put out you you said you you know they spoke to you about is this what you want yeah. and you you know broke down in tears, did did it feel like you were finally seen? Is that the right way? You know, you, you someone had. Did you feel like I don't know how religious no, you think I, you are? Did it feel like you'd been yeah. spared? You know what I mean. No, you'd been given when, a second go. Because when they said it, I did want it, and I still wanted it. Then I was like, yeah, I still, I still wanted it. But then it just felt like every. It just felt like it felt like they stopped me. Like I've been stopped. Like why? Like it's not. This isn't how I planned 
and that's, it's, it's, how it, it's not how it's meant to go mm. in my head. And I just, I was broke down crying for ages. That was it. with your wife in the hospital or, or was it you, you were in there you know because I'm trying to think you ended yeah. up going to a psychiatric home which is obviously what you refer to in the video yeah. and this is still all in France now isn't it yeah, just for yeah, context you're still yeah. in France was, was there any kind of conversation with family friends in, in that interim period where you were in hospital uh, to, to, to go in there I think the first day well the night that I woke up in there obviously I spoke um, was speaking to them and asked me why why did this, why did that, it's what I wanted. And then I broke down. And then I think it was, obviously they told me, obviously, uh, your phone's here, but your battery's dead. Your wife said that she's gonna, obviously we're in contact with your wife, she's gonna bring your charger up and and whatnot. But then that weren't until, I couldn't see anyone until the evening because I was just in and out of, in and out of sleep really. And obviously I just spoke to my wife through her messaging. I should have said I had to tell your family. Like, I couldn't keep it to myself. Sure. I've had to, like, make them aware of what's what's going on. And she was just like, don't worry about the, the kids, they don't know anything or whatnot. But, um, everything's going to be all right. Just don't rush and listen to them. You end up going into a psychiatric home yeah. which you know is fairly standard practice at that point for people who, who want to take yeah. their own life was that early on a benefit of hindsight now was that detrimental or, or beneficial do you think for the people you were around because you know for, for a long time 15 years you, yeah. you've had football to keep you steady and, and now it's deteriorated but yeah. did you feel out of place there yeah, 100%, yeah. 100% because there was a difference between me and the people there. I could see why they were, like physically, why they were there, the, their behaviour, the way they the were, the way they were... Um, the tone of voice and what the things they were doing. And then... I wasn't behaving like that. I'm not sure if we had, say, different medications. But I just knew I didn't belong there. But, uh, yeah, I just knew I didn't belong there. Did the medication, you know, again, you talked about how, you know, that kind of antidepressant, strong medication. Yeah. You, keep, you don't have any highs or lows, really. It's very neutral. Yeah. Did, 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 you, did you feel anything? Could you, did you feel any I emotion? Felt numb, or, no, I, just, I, I just felt numb. I was just I was sending... Uh, obviously, I was speaking to uh, a few people from over here, speaking to... My wife, she was being, she was the main one. But everyone was from my wife, and my wife come to me. I didn't want to. I didn't feel like I could speak to anyone. And people were messaging me, and I messaged my wife, saying, saying, "Tell them to leave me alone. I'm not being rude. I just wanna, I just wanna be left alone. I speak to them when they're ready to speak to them. Um. But I didn't. F- I didn't feel anything. But kids. But there was points where the kids were coming. Well, not coming. I could go outside because the kids didn't know what it was. So I'd just go outside. Obviously, I was wearing my normal clothes. And I just told them that I was working there. 
but then seeing the kids, I feel like I should be happy, I should be buzzing, but then I'm just flat. Yeah, really flat. Just does, does, does nothing. Have you had any, you know, I don't know how old your kids are now, but is, is that a conversation that, you know, of your journey that you want them to eventually be aware of? Or, or is that something you don't really want them to... To, to fully discuss through because you know I made, I, made, I made them aware like yeah something some things are no some things like now some things are no some things I don't know but sure I knew that oh that was not what was the word that she used uh, daddy might be a bit poorly that's yeah. it and that's it but the, I speak to them every single day that's it, that's it. yeah I speak to them every day they're, they're fine so you you eventually look. The pandemic hits. You're still in in the in the home, and you, and you want to get out. You want to get back. You have made the decision at that point to get back to England. So that's right, isn't it? Yeah, I was in the hospital for a bit, but then right. because they'd come in and say, "Hey, you got to take your medication," and but some people kick off, or some people take long to do it. They'll just give my medication, I'll swallow it, show them I swallowed it, eat my food, put my stuff outside my door, use my manners, please and thank yous. They'll come in, check up with me. What are you doing? Nothing, just chilling. Can I go out? Can I have a little walk around yet? We can do this thing, like these little activities you can do. Do you want to get involved? Not really, but I know it's part of the game, so I'll just do it. And I was just doing, doing that, and I said, oh, you know, you're causing some issues. And I used to ask, like, can I go home for the day? And my wife would come back and drop me back for the night. And it was, it was fine, I'd go home for the day, spend the day there, come back at like five o'clock, well, five or six o'clock it was for dinner. I used to come back bang on time, every time. But then obviously they was in contact with my wife. So if anything happened with me out of there, obviously they could speak. So they'll message her saying, he's okay, what's happening? And she was messaging back saying, no problem. And then you, then you, you come for like two days, you can go back. And then you'd be like, I'll need to I'll go for the weekend, Friday and come back Tuesday. I'll, I'll do things like that. And then I'll see different people in there. And they said, okay, then we're, we might release you, but you got to come back to hospital in a couple of weeks. But I said, oh, I'm not going to be honest with you, I look, I want to go to England. But you need to give me more medication. Because um, you want me to, sound, sound allowed out, but you want me popping back to all my medication, can I take it with me? Like, there's no issues, I need to see my family. Like, no one's been able to come over. And then I just said, well, we'll give you enough. We'll give you enough for, um, say three or four weeks but once once you run a load then come back in and we'll top you up when you go back was was that like a release of emotion to see your mum and, and your friends and your family I mean what was that going back like how did that feel because they obviously know what's happened at that point haven't seen you for a good it number did, of months it was different because of, I felt like people would be on eggshells around me yeah, yeah. I felt like everyone would be are you okay? Why do you do this? Why do you do that? You Were you worried about that? that? People treating you kind of with cotton wool kind of thing? Uh, yeah, because I... Because I, I know it's coming. But then how long are you going to keep up for? Like, I know... It, 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 I know... I don't know, my thinking's different. Like the, I, know, I knew I was going to get it. But don't just say it just to say it, if you know what I mean. 
I can't bother you saying nothing. I know people got different views on it. So you don't think your view to me attempting that is the right one, if you know what I mean. Like I'm not gonna if you think it's selfish and stupid then that, that that's your opinion, but until you get put in that situation or you feel the way I did. Yeah, feel the way I did, then you never understand until you get put in that sort of situation. But when I was on the way back, I thought, I, I, knew, I knew I wanted to take medication. But I knew that's what, obviously, my mum wanted to see and my friends were going to get told. Just so it gives them a bit of peace of mind. Like, I'm coming back, taking medication, it keeps me mellow, nothing to worry about. But I knew I wasn't going to do it because I wasn't, I wasn't happy not feeling anything. I, w- I wanted to get my anger out, but then just channel it and just fight against it. And not push it in a different direction, but be able to do something with it and just beat it and say, you know what, I'm angry, but you know what, I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to chill out, go for a walk. When when did you feel like yourself? When did you feel actually I don't feel that angry about you know, or, or do you still feel you have to do things to negate that returning? I don't know how how you feel now and 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 in 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 recent years to kind of because this was twenty 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 one. Yeah. You've obviously got to the point where you've you've set up your company now to try and help other people. You you know you say in the video that your prevention is better yeah. than in cure. Um, how do how do you feel now in your in yourself and 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 how did you feel coming off that medication in terms of the, the ups and downs again that come with that? Coming off, coming off the medication, I knew it was going to be. Like I got advice before I done it, and uh, they told me no, don't do it, stick to your medication. But I said, well, I said I could be on this for three years, four years. So I'm not I'm not having that. So I'm not. I'm not me. I need to start feeling. I need to. I know it's mad. I need to start feeling. Say love. I need to start feeling different energies, and I need to. I need to. I need to give love, and I need to. I need to like research me and find out why I feel a certain way, and yeah. So I just. I just didn't take anything. And I, but I felt. I felt alright. I felt good. There was times where I was like not stressed out, but. I had different emotions, but I just try to relax and just think of why I'm coming off the medication. I always just think, you're going to follow every emotion now. You're going to get tested. This is the most most you're going to get tested now. But then at the end of it, like, you're going to be able to give your daughters and your family the love that you need, more they need, and you're going to have to feel it back and... Everything's going to be different. It's what I get through this period. Like the first period is going to be the hardest, but you're going to get tested as a person and as a man. Did you read a lot of stuff? You know, did, yeah. did, are you, did kind of I don't know. Different people turn to self help books or psychology books or anything like that. It struck with you that yeah, you read. It was more. Um, so obviously, I've read the I read the Secret like a hundred times. Um, I think everyone's read that book. Um, uh, Vex King, uh, 
with both his books. But I, it was more researching things on on the mind and I'll type what's like what I'd like what's in on my Insta about the four different types of people. That was just like a little snippet thing where you get like four different types of people and each person reacts different in certain scenarios and you behave different in relationships uh, with family uh, and in business and it's just they're just like your natural type so you'd be one of these types but you'd have a little bit of the other as well so like you start finding things out and you start saying okay which one am I and then things start clicking, like, oh, when it comes to conflict, you don't want to dive head first. You're trying to avoid it. And I'm thinking, well, that's what I normally do. And that's what's probably been bad for me. Because there's been chances where I should nip things in the bud straight away. And I haven't. And, it, and with it, with knowing, with, with knowing all this stuff, you just... You just start looking back and think, you know what? If I would have done this then, this would have changed. Obviously, you can say that now, but... It's just how, how do I be a better person? How do I get myself back to... Back to, I don't know, back to being... Back to, back to being the old me. Uh, yeah. talk, talk to me a bit then about I'm going to say this wrong now Lexia 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 there you yeah. go. I told you I said it wrong um, talk to me a bit about that what that is and because that you know that's the, the website where the video yeah. was talk to me about you know alongside Birmingham that's something you're really passionate about and, yeah. and you're keen to help as we say again prevention is better than the cure yeah what, what is that what is that the aim of yes. Lexia, you can sit right. Well, I named it, first of all, I named it after uh, both my daughters mixed their names together. So I named it after that, Lexia. So what Lexia is, um, it's a company that's going to offer services uh, to players coming into the game, uh, players that have finished the game, but then just anybody that's going to I think they can benefit from it. So at the moment, I've just I've got sports mentoring. Uh, I've got sports mentoring instead of normal mentoring because when I was injured, I went to a normal mentor. I think it was a mentor slash physio, whatever they're called. And when I was explaining certain things that I'd done, you could see the difference between not knowing the football world and being outside, and you couldn't understand why I'd done certain things. And then I just it didn't click. It did not click. If you know what I mean, mm. it didn't click with him. And I got it. It wasn't right. It was just it was just ticking the box. So now, so now I'm, I'm excited. I got sports mentoring. Um, I got business startup and uh, gym different gym qualifications. And I'm gonna add more things. Uh, as I see fit, because people approach me saying, "Oh, can we add this to add this to your website? This will be good." But then I just don't want anything kind of for the sake of it, mm-hmm. and I don't. I need to know your reason why I should add that. Like I'm not adding it for the sake of it, because if someone comes to me and they want 
say sports mentoring. I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you to who I see fit. I got a, the, the person I've got there is is a giver. He's have an hour session, but it could last two hours, and there's no extra charge. It's because of the care, they're doing the extra, they're doing the extra mile. Because the, because obviously they want to. It's not it's not ticking boxes, and then even with the the gym qualifications, uh, it's been in the over twenty years. Over twenty years, it's been offering offering these things. So it's not just oh, I'll have this there, that there, that I'll pass you on to them, and that's it. These are people that go extra mile that they're gonna make a difference, and while it's tailored, while it's tailored to say sports people, because I know. There's opportunities for you to do something while you're doing while you're playing football. So that's where a business startup business startup comes. And the person I've got to run the business startup. I don't think you're gonna get she's she's really, 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 really good. Mm. Really good. Like the attention to like detail and why and the reasons behind it. And again, going the extra, extra mile. Going the extra mile with things. So then, while I've done that, I've created another one called, um, another business called Minds Aligned. So Minds Aligned's a, a community interest company where you apply for funding, let them know what you want to do with it, and then you give it back out to the community. So you do community projects. So with, uh, with that, obviously, I apply for funding, and then it's giving like the younger lads free courses on to say start a business or gym memberships. We pays for for that, so they don't have to. Some people won't have to pay for it. If you know I me, mean? if you want it now, obviously you come through email, um, say what you're interested in, and then it, it's there. But then I try and run the CIC business so it filters through, giving away. Given the way of what Alexa is doing. Um, then also on there, I've got my five-week um, five-week program. That basically it's kind of came from everything that I've learned. I've looked back so far and everything I've learned through the game, and say what I should have, what I should have done, and what I've missed out on, and what I didn't see and what I didn't value. So it's going to help you. Really realise what you've got when you're in football. How to say set goals. How to get the extra percentage out of you. How to manage your sacrifices. Um, and what you can what you can do while you're playing and why you should do it. And with that, there's examples like vivid like football examples. <laughs> Let's 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 do something Rex and football related to round us out like about teammates. We always ask these, and uh, some of the stories are good, and some of them are, are, are trigger a response for the other lads to come on and, and defend okay. themselves. Um, who who do you think was the m- most technically gifted player you played with at the club? Don Rose. What what about him was was so special? Special? Do you think that we that obviously we've seen him, but he's. You seem to have magic in his boots. 
he wasn't fast. <laughs> he wasn't. <laughs> but he, he knows that. He knows that. That's why he just wore, wore molds on any surface. Like, he wasn't fast, but technically, he was very good. Like, really, really good. I remember the first possession that we'd done. Uh, we'd done a possession, and then I come over to him, I said, you're really, really, like, good, then, yeah? you like, you pass the ball, like, three yards maximum, and you get it back, and you bounce it, and you do anything. He's like, that's why I, I love to play football. Like, I've, I grew up playing, obviously, we call it in the cage, but that's, like, street football in, like, a, in tight areas. So you haven't got time to get your head up and what you, everything's close contact everything's fast 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 and that's why he was so good at obviously possession but he was very technically good which player you played with do you think would make would make the best manager do you think yeah Sean Pearson yeah yeah do you think he's just got that I mean he seems an obvious candidate but do you think he do you think he'd have the patience with some of these younger players I don't know he's very very demanding yeah he's demanding he's He's demanding, but he's understanding. Yeah. Yeah, I think I manage your roles. Um, I think he suits it, yeah. And no one said you for this, thankfully, but who, who was the worst dressed in, in among those different squads you've had? Because some people don't really know how to put on an outfit in the morning. I don't really watch people's what they wear. Like, that, that's probably that's not, sensible. That, yeah. You're coming into football, really, aren't you? You're not coming to what you, you're comfortable. You're only going to take it off to put on training kit and then go. Like, You're nicer than some of the other lads to be honest. Yeah, nah, you don't really, nah, I don't really watch what people wear, man. It's a bit... <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so go people going out, who, was anyone particularly tight with their money? Some people have the wallet out and some people definitely do nah. not. <laughs> nah, I don't, <laughs> I don't think there's anyone like that because obviously you, you get to, uh, you have your Christmas, Christmas night out. What did so you do for been... your Christmas night out? Anything, anything special? Dublin. Dublin, Dublin. Oh, nice. Dublin, Manchester. I feel like there's a few lads in there that would some... cause chaos and the United's out. I think that's for another day, though. That's for another, that's, <laughs> that's for another day. That is for another day. That is for another day. All right, let, let, last one then. What was your favourite game as a Wrexham player? Oh, favourite game? Chester. Yeah. Yeah, that's easy. That one was and Chester. That, what, that derby, you know, coming into it, all the players that don't grow up around it, so they can't believe how fierce that is. I didn't, I didn't, yeah, I didn't understand it. I know I didn't understand it when everyone was like, you need to win this game. Like, weeks leading up to it, you'll get the messages. Um, you make sure you win. Like, this is the game. That some, you don't lose games like this. And then obviously playing in it, I understood it. Like, I understood it. And it's a game that I always look forward to. Yeah, it's a game I always, always look forward to. Chaos, it was always a, a, yeah, a very feisty, uh, yeah. always a good game. And, and there's that one where Sean plants one in and uh, kind of various different yeah. games. I think Connor scores a penalty at home in one of them, Con Jennings. Um, uh, uh, lastly, the last one, who who of the players you played with at Wrexham do, do you still keep in contact with? Who, who do you still chat to? Uh... I speak to Blaine, I speak to uh, Jenna, mm. Mokes, um, Jamal, uh, Scott, Scotty Bowden. He seemed to, to like winding us up, Scotty well, Bowden. Yeah. I was on a FaceTime with Mokes and Newts the other, uh, about two days ago. He's, he's a character, Newts is still. Um, 
Oh, but especially with this drop-in, obviously, you get people reaching out and saying they've had familiar, well, not familiar, but this has helped them. Mm. Yeah. And that's what it's about, like, I knew that if I was to put something like this out, same way when I heard Gerard say it, yeah. it made me think, oh, okay, I'm not on my own here. Like, but then I thought, if I put this out, like, what could it, what could it affect? And it's it's already helped without just, just the video on its own. Like the amount of people have come up to me and all messaged me and said, I'm, I've been in this situation. Um, in this sort of situation, I've never thought of it. I'm in that situation that you was now. I'm not going to get to that because I, this is going to happen. And I'm helping certain, certain people at the moment with the five week Excel program already. Like it's been it's been non stop and yeah, it's been it's been non stop, but it's been good. You you know you had loads of messages and. Jamal speaks quite openly himself about mental health and he's a big advocate mm. of, of guys opening up in it, you know. It, we've, you've actually played the game, I've never been good enough to do that, but yeah, I've been around football long enough that it's, it's not the most open, or it hasn't been for a good number of years. It's starting to be more now, I guess, mm. more open, but, you know, helped me and uh, a lot of other people and uh, Fowler and, and loads of others that, that mm. commented on that, it, it, you know, did, did a lot of Wrexham players reach out to you there and say, look, yeah. this is this is great and, and yeah, I'm here lot, for you, mate, people, I think. Yeah, a lot of people and um, even, even managers and things like that and even people there at the Blues. Yeah. Like, um, it's something, something they want to use not, even, not only with the, say, the education, the community, mm. a lot, but within with the youth team and then they want to take it in different places, like, I've got so much not work to do, but it, it's working, and people want to, people want to see it. Mm. People want to, people are involved, and obviously Blues have seen the value in it. That's why things have happened so fast, and you know I'm here. I all I can do is you know from every Wrexham fan that listens to this, and even those who won't, you know we loved having you at the club. And we're, you know we're we're so glad to see you th- thriving again and, and doing and chucking yourself into loads of businesses and, and and Birmingham are a lot better off for having you on the staff, mate. So you know, look all the best. And if people want to, I don't know, reach out young players or anything like that. I mean, where can they sort of find you and how can they reach you best? Um, it's going to be a link under this. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah mate, so I'll, I'll how leave, many links yeah. do you need, mate? Get all the links in there. Mine's yeah. aligned. And... Yeah, that's it, yeah. I'll leave the link for my uh, my Twitter on there. But Twitter I'll, on there, also yeah. leave, I'll also leave the links for, um, obviously, Lexia. Yeah, Lexia. Um, there's going to be opportunities for, for players to come on board as well, to join in with the community stuff that I'm doing, because you can see it as a... As a as a player, when you you sometimes go and do events and you go into schools and whatnot, like the kids buzz off seeing you, the kids love it, they listen to you, and that helps you as well. Thinking, you know what, actually, I'm giving something. So that's the way. It's it's a full circle with it, and the players are gonna also learn learn what opportunities opportunities have got as a footballer and outside the game.
what a remarkable man Manny Smith is and what a credit he is to Wrexham Football Club, to the community and to the entire fan base as well and how great it is to know that he is doing a lot better now and we at Rob Ryan Red and I'm sure you listening as well send our love to him and yeah as Nave said it's okay to not be okay and if you ever need any help the links are in the description below. Thank you very much for joining us today. A reminder this podcast is brought to you in association with Red 10 People Development, the stings, the music brought to you in association with Hypnotic. Take care and we'll see you again next time. TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates are around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.